started a series on what real Christianity is. What is, what, what is it to be a spiritual person? What does that mean? And what does that look like? And not, not in some ethereal, far-off, like, never-never land, but in reality, in tangible, tangible ways. What is it to be a Christian? What is it to be a spiritual person? And so the first week, we talked about the fact that we need to love God enough to be contented and to say thank you. Now, that might seem like a simple thing, but if you've ever tried it, (laughs) it really is where the rubber meets the road. In everything to give thanks, to be contented enough to say thank you in everything, even the difficult things. The second week, we talked about in order to be a disciple, a follower, one who is determined to become more like Jesus, it's important that we deny ourselves, take up our cross daily to follow him. In other words, there's this three-step, kind of a three-step description of it. We're rejected, slain, raised. We are to die daily to the old self, to the old nature, to die daily. Today we get to, last week was kind of a negative, was a downer. Someone said something to me, this week, talking about, just we talked about the message a little bit last week, and he said, you know, that for us, when we choose to die daily to self, God never leaves us. He's with us through it. When Jesus died on the cross, the Father turned his back on him. So we don't experience what Jesus experienced. We never reach the depths of the suffering that he endured on the cross when he died. You see, our cross, our cross is from Friday night, from Good Friday. And these black pieces of paper uh, are symbolic of our sin being nailed to the cross. And I told people to be creative in, in making their own design. And that's not to say to be creative with sin. But how does it ex- cut the paper out to express who you are or things about you so that you look at it as it's my sin on the cross. My sin. He died for my sin. Transferred to Jesus. And so this week we talk about, this is the good news week, the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, we know that we too will rise from the dead. But let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It says this. We just saw a picture of this. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. We saw Sophie go under the, well, we couldn't really see the water, but we could tell she went under the water because she was all wet when she came back up, right? We're buried with him through baptism into death. In other words, when we trust Christ as our Savior, Scripture says that we died with him. We died with him. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so what we have in this, we see that God calls us to follow him. If we want to be a follower of Jesus, he calls us to this place where we deny ourselves, we take up our cross daily, In order that we might walk in newness of life, there's something of the old that needs to go so that the new can come. And so that's the purpose of this dying to self. And so after that, there there is a resurrection, but there continues to be a resurrection. Every time 
that we deny ourselves, we allow a little bit more of that freedom, that resurrected life to live and manifest through us. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to argue this morning for the validity of the resurrection. Over and over and over and over again throughout history, there have been those who have tried to prove that the resurrection didn't happen, and so they set out to disprove the, that the historical fact of, of the resurrection, and they end up believing that the resurrection really happened when they really look at the facts and try to, to discount it. So I'm not, I'm not going to go there. We've done that in the past. What I want to deal with is what, what impact or what, how does the resurrection really tap into me? How, how does it impact me? What difference is it to make for me in my walk in, in, with the Lord? And I thought about this, and this is, this is just, this is me, okay? This is one of the Kent things that comes up every once in a while. I think about why Jesus came and what he demonstrated and what the resurrection demonstrates. Jesus came to demonstrate the Father, to show us what the Father was like. He came to perfectly represent the Father. We can go back in the Old Testament and we can look at all the different pictures and types in the Scripture, and none of them perfectly display or demonstrate who he was. And you can even go back to the garden with Adam and Eve and God had a plan and a purpose for Adam and Eve, but because of sin, they fell, and that, the plan was messed up, was ruined. It became damaged. God had a, a, a desire for us. He had plans and purposes for us as human beings. Jesus came to show us what we could, what we could be like. He not only came to demonstrate the Father, and to show what God was like. But he came to show us what we could be. You see, God had incredible richness of life in mind for us. But we took a detour. When we, when we chose sin, we chose through Adam, through our, our ancestor line, chose sin. And the fall came and the fall wrecked everything. One of the things that Adam and Eve had in the garden is they had a really good knowledge of God, who he was. They could see him. God came down and walked with them in the garden. They could tell who he was, and they saw the wonder of the person that he is. They saw the goodness. They saw the kindness. They saw the love. They saw the patience. They saw the perfection. They saw all of that. They, and he, was the, he is the life giver. God the Father is the life giver. And when they sinned, they were cut off from that. And all of a sudden, that, that example that they had, I, it, that's not even the right term, but that picture of the Father, of perfection, of what, not that God ever wanted us to become, like, to become God, but he wanted us to be like him, displaying his characteristics. When the fall came, man took a detour and not only did we fall into a world that is cursed and full of pain and suffering and agony and disease and sickness and heartache and heartbreak and all kinds of other nasty things. But the other thing that happened is that we lost that picture of what God truly was like so that we had nothing to aspire to. And so the, the tendency in humankind was to go down this path of greater darkness. Greater darkness greater depravity and there was this declining momentum in the human race jesus came 
to demonstrate what the Father was like, but then to go to the cross to bring about the capacity for us to be restored back to the kind of life that God intended in the first place. And see, we didn't even know what that, we didn't even know what that should look like. We didn't know what God intended for us. We had no idea. You see, we lost it so long ago. And so what did Jesus do when he came to this world? He came to this world and he, he healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers. He raised the dead. He released people who were in bondage to bring them into freedom. He demonstrated unconditional love. He was the life giver. He was the perfect demonstration of the Father. He was everything good that we want. Do you understand? Everything good that we want in in this life, that's what Jesus was when he was on the earth, and he still is. And he went to the cross, and he didn't deserve the cross. We did. The punishment for our sin is death, but he died in our place, and because he was God, because he was perfect, because he was holy, he could pay, take on himself the penalty, punishment for all sin, for everyone, so that we could be free. (laughs) But it wasn't just to get rid of the sin. It wasn't just to be done with that. It was so that we could begin to walk in newness of life that was just like Jesus. What are Christians? What are Christians? What are Christians? Christians are Christ followers, Christ ones, little Christ, those who imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. To be people who heal the sick, raise the dead, help people get freedom from bondage, to be life givers, to be lovers, those who love unconditionally, those who who put forth a, a... a kindness and a patience and a love like people have never seen before. That's what we're called to. The question is, how do we get there? The first first step is coming to faith in Jesus, trusting him personally as our Savior so that we reestablish relationship with the Father that was lost in the garden. Putting our personal faith and trust in Jesus that brings this new birth. And then comes the daily choice, if we want to follow and become like Jesus, is to die daily. Take up our cross daily. So that the newness of the resurrected life can come through us. And so when Jesus came to this time and he went to the cross and he died on the cross... And he was buried, and he was in the tomb for three days. And on the third day, celebrating today, he rose from the dead. And in that, the father was saying, the payment that he made is complete. It's perfected. It's done. I accept the payment that he made for all the sin of the world. The other thing that I believe the resurrection states to us today is the fact that, according to Scripture, We were buried with him by baptism into his death so that we also can walk in newness of life. We're raised to new life. So what that means is that because Jesus was raised from the dead, 
we can live a resurrected life. We can walk in newness of life. We can have, we can be imitators of Jesus. It's possible. The potential is there to do that. God opened the way for that. Jesus opened the way for that. So how does that happen? Let's look. I'm going to six quick points. The first is that Christ died. We all know that. We've heard that many times. It is a historical fact that Jesus died on the cross. There was a day almost 2,000 years ago when the Roman soldiers took him. The Jews hated him. The Jewish leaders hated him and wanted him done, gone. They wanted him killed. And so he was crucified. Point of fact, history. The second point is that Christ rose from the dead and he was glorified. He had a new type of body. He had a glorified body. He had a resurrected body. What do I mean by that? Well, he could just show up places. Whether it was a road to Emmaus or if it was, he could walk through walls. He could come and go. Uh, it was a different kind of a body. It was, a, it was flesh and blood. He could eat food. It was, it was real, but it was a resurrected body, which is the kind of body we're going to have someday. The third point is this, that we died with Christ when we trusted him as our Savior. If there is a point in history that you trusted Jesus as your Savior, then you became a child of God, your sins were forgiven, and you have a home in heaven if you've come to that place where you've trusted him as your Savior. That's an important point. You realize that there are two points in history that are important for every one of us. If we were able to look back through history, there are two times in history that are important for every one of us. The first one is the day that Jesus died. Because when he died, he made a payment for sin. The second day, the second most important historical day for me was back in history. I won't tell you how many years ago. I was seven years old when I trusted Jesus as my Savior. Those two historical points are the most important days in my life. Sorry, Artie's not here. I got married, but... That was really important, but it's not quite. I mean, it's up there, but it's not quite. Good thing she's not. No, I'm just kidding. She would understand, believe me. So my question for you this morning is, do you have those two days? Can you see those two days in history? Understanding that there was a day in history. There were actual people alive. It was, it was a time that it actually occurred where Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin. The second day needs to be the day that you receive Jesus as your Savior. And if you've never done that, today would be a good day. Today would be a good day to do that. To say, you know what? I need to come to faith in Jesus. Receive him as my Savior so that I can see what God has for us is to get rid of the old junk and take on the new. To be able to walk in the kind of creativity that he called us to. The kind of new life. I want to be a life giver. I want people to be built up and encouraged when they're around me. I want them to feel something of the life of God flowing through me. Touching them. Energizing them. So that, so that they understand the kind of reality that we can have in our relationship with God. 
Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, having been justified in the past by faith, we have in the present peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what you see is that in the past, that's that day in the past when we trusted Christ as our Savior, we were justified, justified, justified. It means made right, just as if I had never sinned. When we trust Christ as our Savior, what, what God says, he kind of stamps us with never sinned. That's just, that's almost too crazy to think about. But it's wonderful, and it's true. Faith in Jesus, faith in what he did on the cross, we are declared completely innocent and guilt-free in the Father's eyes, in the Father's account. Romans 6, 2, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? One of the, the benefits of coming to Christ is that we don't have to live in sin, and we don't have to do sin anymore. We don't have to have its power over us anymore. We can be free from all that negative stuff that bombards us, that's been a part of our lives, that wants to take us down. Romans 6, 4a, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. We read that before, and we've seen a picture of that. You see Sophie's smile? You know what she said? Travis told me what she said when it was done. That was kind of fun. (laughs) We maybe need to drain the tank. We'll have kids swimming in there after church. Maybe there'll be some adults swimming in there. I don't know. It is warm today. Sorry, Mike. Where's Mike? Sorry, Mike. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. There's something about the reality that, that God wants us to walk in, walk in understanding. And I know that it sounds difficult for us to say that we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily. But you know, if there's something much better that you attain by giving up what is worthless, it's easy to do. Right? It's easy to do. And so that's what God calls. The fourth point, we shall be raised with him. Romans 6, 5, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And so this is true for us. There is coming a day in reality, in truth, in time, real time, when we will be resurrected. Now, uh, Christ is coming back. At some point, the second coming of Christ is going to happen. And those who are alive and remain will be caught up together. But those who have died will go first. They will receive the resurrected bodies. And right after that, those who are alive will will be taken up too to, to be with the Lord forever. That's what the Bible says. Now, I've heard people... I've been hearing all my life, and I'm, I'll tell you, I'm 62. I've been hearing all my life that Jesus is coming really soon. Jesus is coming really soon. And he, he, he could come really soon. But I'm 62, and I used to think all the time, well, boy, I, ho- I hope he doesn't come before I get married, and, I, and then I hope he doesn't come before I have kids. And, and I, you know what? And I'm 62. And so I'm looking more and more at the potential that I'm going to be in the grave. I'm going to be one that's taken first, right? We don't know when he's coming back, but I know this. Because he rose from the dead, I will be raised from the dead if I'm in the grave. And I will have a brand new resurrected body, and I will be completely 
like him. That's the fourth point. The fifth point is this. We are to live now as though we are dead. And I'm not talking about zombie whatever. I've never watched any of those movies or have no idea what all that stuff is about. I just hear it every once in a while. Romans 6, 10 and 11. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. So we're supposed to live as though we're dead. Because in truth, in spiritual reality, we have died. We were buried with Christ. We died with Christ. The moment we trusted him as our Savior, we died with him. That old man died. So we are to live in that reality. The sixth point is this. We are to live now as though we have already been raised from the dead. Did you hear me? That needs to be a conscious thought to us, okay? We need to live in that reality, and it's, not, and it's not smoke and mirrors, and it's not wishful thinking. It's a spiritual reality that God wants us to really, truly enter into. We need to live now as though we had already died, gone to heaven, and have been raised from, gone to heaven, raised from the dead and brought back to the earth to live a resurrected life now. Romans 6, 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. What does it mean to walk in newness of life? To live as though you've been resurrected. How many of you live that way? How many of you go around telling people, I'm a resurrected being? <laughs> I, no, I don't blame you. I, you won't get it. That, that's not a good idea. <laughs> They'll take you away. But there is a reality that we need to walk and understand what God has done for us. That he's given us the potential to live the way God intended so many years ago for Adam and Eve. It was lost. It was lost. It was forfeited. It was given up. And Jesus came back to bring that possibility back. Romans 6.10, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Do you understand that Jesus lives in the presence of the Father? He lives in the presence of the Father all the time. Do you know what that means? That means if we have trusted Jesus as our Savior, if we've been buried with him through baptism into his death, and we've been raised with him, then we can live in the presence of the Father. And do you understand this? Here's, this is really neat. We don't have to be concerned. Listen to this. We don't have to be concerned with good and bad or good and evil. When you live in the presence of God, that's not a question. Jesus didn't come trying to figure out what was good and what was bad. He didn't come trying to figure out what was right or what was wrong. He wasn't eating the fruit of the tree of, good, of knowledge of good and evil. He was living in the presence of the Father. So what did he do? He said those things that he heard the Father saying, and he did those things that he saw the Father doing. You understand that the resurrected life is to be a life that is lived in fellowship with the Father so that the power of God can flow, manifest through us. And it's his presence that makes all the difference. 
It's walking with God. It's knowing Him. It's hearing His, His voice speaking to us, teaching us, helping us to understand Scripture. And I'm not talking about hearing voices, although some people do. I'm talking about the impressions, the way that His Spirit ministers to our spirit, and we know that God's speaking to us. So this is where we're supposed to be. This is where we're to live. This is the way that we're supposed to walk with him. And so the whole process of rejected, slain, raised becomes an incredibly positive thing.